The following program contains elements of programming that are previously recorded and may appear as live. Welcome to Hope Reigns, a show brought to you by Eight Days of Hope, where we share God-sized stories from the mission field all around the country. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Tiber and Mike Fiella. Well, welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Steve Tiber here, hanging out with... Um, I guess Batman and Robin. Maybe you're Batman, I'm Robin, but I'm hanging out with Mike Fiella. <laughs> I don't even know why I brought that up. I just you know, thought I'd be a superhero this, this morning. But I'm, Hey, Mike, how well, are you, my friend? I, I'm doing great, but let me hitchhike on that a little bit because, Uh-oh. you know, we, we did, did we coordinate? I didn't send you a text. You didn't send me. We had the same I'm just, shirt on today, Hope. Okay. You know, you know what's crazy, Mike, is we've been talking for like 15 minutes and I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh. We this... do. We have matching shirts on. Yeah. I love this though. But you know, it's a real uh, a game changer because you'll be standing in the line and uh, whether it's a grocery store, what, what, hope, hope, I need hope. Or what, what does that mean? And oh, I love it. This is, this is so spot on, you know, as far as starting great conversations about hope. You know, I was at a local bank yesterday, um, or no, not yesterday, last Friday. That's right, last Friday. I didn't wear the same shirt two days in a row. It was last Friday, I promise you. And I had I had this shirt on, so I guess twice in you know a couple days. But um, and yeah, the teller said, "Hope, Um, do you have hope?" I said, "I do. It's in Him." And she said, "What do you mean it's in Him?" And I'm like, "Here we go." So I didn't do the three minute testimony. I did the sixty second testimony. But you know, she had heard of Eight Days of Hope and heard what we had done in Buffalo, New York, just what three weeks ago. Um, So it was. yeah, it was a good conversation. Hey, welcome to the listeners from around the country. Hope Reigns is a broadcast of the ministry called Eight Days of Hope. We travel around and we help people in need after natural disasters and human disasters. Natural disasters like hurricanes, flooding, tornadoes, windstorms, snowstorms, and human disasters. Uh, that's when we help ministries build facilities to be used by those rescued from sex trafficking. And Mike, you know, it's been a busy four weeks. I know we pulled out of Buffalo, the inner city of Buffalo, working with, what, 65 churches and businesses just three weeks ago. And today Mm -hmm. we are wrapping up our eight-day outreach in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, because of the Derocho a year ago. I was just waiting for that opening to be able to say (laughs) Derocho. You just like saying that word, Derocho, Derocho. Know what it, what that was for the longest time. Explain to the listeners what a derocho is. It's an inland hurricane, and a year ago in August in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where our Midwest satellite is located, thirty-five thousand trees were toppled. I mean, they, it was like dominoes; they just all killed over. Right. Because of an inland hurricane, one hundred forty mile per hour winds for two hours straight. That's devastating. Every house. Every house got hit with something. At least you know, one of the one or two, three, all their trees, whatever. That yeah, lost shingles. Sure. Uh, had had uh, house damage. Siding was torn off. Uh, a lot of challenges. And so, this past uh, this past week, or at least for the last eight days, uh, leaders from around the country have been serving with some local volunteers. And Mike, it looks like we're going to help out between fifty-five and seventy families with really? tree removals off their house, their fence, their property. We did some stump grinding. Do you know what? Do you know that today <laughs> to have a stump removed from your property, you're looking at a couple hundred bucks. Is that it? Well, well no, you say <laughs> no. that's it. Okay, but now do the math. So okay, there, there but, was a widow right. in Cedar Rapids. She had eleven stumps oh, that my. needed to be grounded up. Right, right. So I mean, that's like 
three thousand dollars to get some stumps and yet here comes volunteers with eight days hope and for the last eight days and they're wrapping up today so we're going to be praying for them at the end of the show as they wrap wrap up strong last weekend mike i was there with my two daughters you were yes how did that go i mean that's so exciting uh dad and daughter going on a missions trip yeah mike it it, i tell you there's nothing like uh, hanging out with your family yes. and and serving. And so, you know, I'm one of the leaders, so yeah, I wore a blue shirt, but Ricky Russell has been doing an amazing mm-hmm. job leading the outreach. Chandler Gurley, Hannah Fletcher, Colleen Fabling, so many of our great leaders have been leading all week. I just got to go hang out with Elisa and Emma. We worked at a local park. But see, that speaks volumes, Steve. Here you're the president and CEO of Eight Days of Hope. Oh, no, I don't, I don't, you don't wear that on your shirt no. or anything like that. You're a servant like all of us. But you went as a servant and just you know, with your, obviously with your daughter, and uh, wow, that speaks volumes. Well, yeah, I, and, and Mike, you do the same thing. It, I think it's 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 good for leaders, regardless of what your roles sure. in organizations. Sometimes just to be on the front lines, because right. yeah, I get it. You know, some people have been called to lead, and 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 you, you know, you and I, we lead around the country um, uh, with eight days of hope. But when you show up and you can pick up a paintbrush and you <laughs> yeah. can get a broom sure. and you can eat a bologna sandwich at lunch because I <laughs> ate two of them because it was good. I love bologna. Mm. Uh, we, we, we just had so much fun. And you know what? The best sermon I ever heard is the one I saw. I, I want... I want my kids to see Jesus in action, not just when dad holds a microphone right. or is on the radio, but I think it's so important. So if you're a pastor out there, okay, if you're on. a leader of a ministry, come on, do not be afraid to sometimes um, get off behind your desk and serve alongside people who... Sure. Um, in your congregation, you know, I met yesterday with a, a couple here in the inner city of Buffalo. And we were talking about outreach in Buffalo, New York, early this summer. And and one of their passions is how do we get local inner city pastors involved, not just in maybe sharing the news, but then also being a part of and the serving. news. Yeah. Right. And what was the conclusion did, there? Well, did, did, am I touching on am I touching on interesting ground here, or well, should I it, back it, off a little bit? Because no, you're looking it, at me like, uh oh. No, <laughs> it, it it is something you know. Come on, you know, a pastor's background and, and being in ministry and in the church. It's just uh, it, it's something that really needs to be addressed. And I don't think intentionally they just stay behind their desk. All of them. No, no, all no, of no, us pastors. No. But there's there's times we just get so caught up in what we're doing right. that we need that perspective of getting away from our office, and getting on the front lines, as you said. So, no, you're touching on great ground. It's fun to serve, Mike. It really is. I I know we're going to get to our guest here after our break. We're going to meet a friend of mine I really got to know in Indianapolis. His name is Jerry. Um, he has a unique last name. I'll let him say his last name. I'll let you say his last name. <laughs> I've so been looking at that since yeah, you sent Lechonko. me an email. Going, I don't know, whatever. I'm we'll, going to need help with that. We'll figure yeah. that out. But, you know, here's a guy who just, we were working on Frank and Linda Reich's safe house called Not Today. And he's a painter, or he has great painting skills. And he was taking the time with other volunteers. And he was pouring into them. And I love to paint. You know that. That's oh, yes. the one thing I mean. That's your big, you Well, I don't I like to paint. And I was so excited just to paint. And, and it was something about hanging out with guys like him and other volunteers and just painting a room together. Sure. I mean, to me, I love what 8 Days of Hope does. But again, if you're listening today, go to 8daysofhope.com. Check us out. Uh, we travel the country on a moment's notice and help families tarp roofs, do chainsaw work, got out homes that flooded after hurricanes and flooding. But also, we rebuild homes for free. We've rebuilt, Mike, over 7,200 homes now 7, across the country. Can you, can you count that high, Mike? 7,200. 
hundred. <laughs> no, you can. You can. I can. I can. But that's exciting because I, I like when you say free because you have such a smile from ear to ear. But no, but the, the truth is, I mean, who does that? Who goes to another area for free? Uh, yes, God does it. I see yeah, your hands pointing I'm up. pointing God, straight up. God lets us do that. Amen. And he's provided equipment to get it done. He's provided leaders, 181 volunteer leaders. Yes. He's provided how many? I'm, I, I love your numbers. How many hundreds of thousands of volunteers have gone through ATS? So about 43,000 volunteers now okay. have traveled the country from all 50 states, 11 countries, $55 million <laughs> of work, all for Jesus. I love it. Our leaders, 181, they represent 11 different denominations. And that's what I saw in Buffalo about three weeks ago when we were there, Mike. When we were serving in Buffalo, and when you look out and you see people who don't look like you and I, mm. um, and, and people who, you know, we had Pentecostals and Baptists and non-denominational and yeah. Catholics and Bible-believing denominations. Right. Um, and they set aside their differences. Right. And they were just serving. And they were just loving. Mm. I mean, they, we have to keep it simple sometimes. We, we live during tough times. Love people. Serve people and watch what God does. Well, I was watching you, Steve, and I was in the same mindset there was tears in my eyes as well as yours at many times. I would stop and, and pause and just look. And I'd say, this just, this doesn't happen. But it's happening now. Mm. And it was just so exciting to be a part of watching, as you just mentioned, the different denominations, the cultures, just laughing together, serving together. There was, there was, no, there was no boundaries except we're going to love. Yeah. We're going to love each other and we're going to serve the people. And that, that's just a, that's all so awesome. You know, we always take two breaks on the show, and we're so thankful for um, you listening today, no matter if you're in, in the middle of Kansas driving down the road or um, lis- listening on your computer in Chicago. We appreciate you joining Hope Reigns. But during our two breaks, we always pray a song, and the second song we chose this week is by Elevation Worship. It's Million Little Miracles. And when I was listening to that song the other day, I thought to myself, Mike, we have seen miracles mm. multiple times serving. Absolutely on behalf of the kingdom after these disasters. And, you know, the one that happened in Buffalo that I love, there was a gentleman who had not been out of his house in 18 months. 18 18 months. months. Because he's in a wheelchair, and he didn't have a wheelchair ramp. And volunteers from five states came together, barely knowing each other, meeting each other at breakfast, right, during worship (laughs) and devotion. And three days later, they build a ramp to give a gentleman an opportunity for the first time, Mike, in 18 months to leave the comforts of his home. And his statement was, I know what it likes, I know what it feels like to be in jail. And now I'm yes, out. Can that, you imagine that's that? That's what he said. And he's in his own house all, that whole time, and it's like jail to him. In, and in, now he's free. Yeah. And if you go to our website or our YouTube channel, uh, watch the recap video. We, we released it last week on Friday. Um, it's an amazing video, and you'll get to see the gentleman and hear his wife's story. And, and she actually says, you know, I, I feel like this is a miracle. Mm. And so, you know, again, if you're looking, I don't know about you, Mike, I, I, there's something about when you serve people, you Come take on. your yeah. eyes off your own problems, your own situation, your own health, that. your own finances, <laughs> you know, the ups and downs of marriage and, and having right. kids and raising kids and maintaining a house. Something happens, Mike. What goes on when you serve people, Mike, to you personally? To me personally, it does everything you just said. It takes me out of me. 
because it's always me, me, I, I, Ooh. and I've got this going okay. on. And, and everybody's got something going on. I don't want to make that sound so small because right. they're, they're big things. But you know something? The If you want to say the answer to that is to set it over here on the side for a moment, volunteer, serve, and all of a sudden your eyes get opened up. And I think that I definitely know sure. that's how Jesus works. It's I- serving. I love the me, me, me thing because no matter who you are, um, there is that temptation all the time of thinking about, right? Yeah. I mean, I think about, gosh, that one child that just, man, I keep praying for and he just he hasn't turned around yet. Or I think about, you know, the, the knee that's bothering you or, or the bills that are piling up or, you know, your right. your lawn needs to be cut, right? Me, 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 me. But boy, when you go out and you meet a gentleman and a lady that is on our video where it gets a wheelchair ramp, yes. and when you see the smile on his face for something you and I take for granted that we can walk out of our house, mm-hmm. walk around the park, rock around the block. He hadn't done that in 18 months. So thankful, thankful for those 1,200 volunteers that showed oh, up. Yeah. Watch the video. Go to 8daysofhope.com. Go to our YouTube channel. Click on the video. It's a little bit long. It's about eight minutes, but you're going to smile from ear to ear for eight minutes because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's some good stuff. And have a box of Kleenex because sometimes <laughs> these things just grab your heart. And then you will go to the website and get your name in the system so you can find out where we're going to go next. And you're going to be really blessed if you just volunteer. I played a trick on Mike. He's talking about Kleenex. And while he's talking, I take my sleeve and act like I'm wiping my nose to see if I can throw it. You don't get thrown off very easily, though. You know, you know some, you're pretty steady. Sometimes. But I, 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 I pray every morning, Lord, <laughs> help me deal with what Steve's going to toss my way. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, we are so thankful for our national partners. Our partners cover our fixed cost. And I tell you, without Renaissance Bank, based in Tupelo, Mississippi, they have branches in four different states. I love um, their, the, the way they do business in the community, how they give back. So if you do banking with Renaissance Bank or you're looking for a bank down in Mississippi, Alabama, down there in multiple states, uh, check out Renaissance Bank. Love their CEO, Mitch Whitecaster, dear friend of mine, and uh, just a, a, a giver of an organizational. And I also want to give a shout out to the chapel. You know, the chapel is based yes. in Western New York. Uh, they're one of the five churches out of our 14 partners. And they stepped up in a big way during eight days of Buffalo. Hundreds of volunteers. Oh, my. You know, one day they had their whole staff there. The whole staff. Yeah, and okay. I was watching Jerry Gillis preach the other day, uh, and he was saying that his front thighs were still hurting. <laughs> And I'm thinking, where's he going with this? Not even knowing that he's about to say something about ages old. He goes, I was on a 28-foot ladder, and I was leaning to the ladder for about six hours. And I don't do that all the time. And he says, my thighs have been so sore for the last couple of weeks. So I'm like, go, Jerry. Oh, And that's an example of what we just said in the beginning of the show. Mm. You know, a leader. Now, Jerry's a strong, powerful leader uh, in Western New York, yes, as you know. Is. And, and uh, for him to get out on a ladder, I know that two years ago when we did the event again, he was. I saw him raking and having a whole, I'm thinking, really? Uh, you know, but that's that's Frontline's ministry right there. Yeah, quick, you know? quick story on Jerry. So I remember two years ago, he goes, uh, I met your daughter, Hannah. I said, well, where? He goes, well, she was my boss as we were going door to door to cut lawns. I go, oh no. I go, how'd she do? He goes, she's a hard charger, but she has lots of fun. I said, well, good for her. But She is so good. So you're going to be excited. She's so... Uh, intricate in the ministry now yeah. with our safe houses. We'll probably do another show about that. Yeah, we'll do that down the road a little bit. Hey, thank you for joining Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Every Saturday, we are here at this time on this channel. Our podcast are on our website. Uh, our new website is kicking off. Uh, last thing before we go to our guest, Mike, our new website kicks off okay. in about a week. Yes. In a week. 
Yes. Get ready. Some of the new things on it Unbelievable. Some of the new things on it? Did you, we can't say. We got to wait to no, see no. it. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, 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 no. I'll tell you this. Um, it's interactive. It's fun. A lot of videos and pictures, a lot of stories. Awesome. Easy to read, easy to navigate. We really Ooh. believe that people go to our website and they'll, they'll spend multiple minutes there or I like, longer. I like easy. Easy and free are my <laughs> and, two favorite words. Oh, there you words. go, there you go. <laughs> hey, when we come back, we're going to have a, uh, a guest that we have gotten to know a little bit here in Western New York, even though he's traveled the country with AT's Hope. Uh, his name is Jerry, uh, Jerry L. I'll let him do his last, <laughs> I think it's Lojanko, something like that. Lo, 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 I don't know, whatever. We'll figure it out That's here in a minute. Yours. Yeah, <laughs> it is all mine. Thank you for joining us. When we come back in a minute, we'll be with our guest, Jerry. Um, and we'll learn more about how God moves during mission trips with Eight Days of Hope. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is supported by a combination of donations from listeners and business partners like Provia. Provia is a manufacturer of residential doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. Provia is committed to serving their customers and sharing Christ in order to let our light shine before others so they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. More about Provia and their products at provia.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have served over 7,000 families after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. At Eight Days of Hope, we travel coast to coast in the name of Jesus to minister to the brokenhearted. For more information, as always, please visit our website, 8daysofhope.com. Eight Days of Hope is now located in three different areas around the country. Our national headquarters is located in Tupelo, Mississippi. Our Northeast satellite is in Buffalo, New York, and our Midwest satellite just opened up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. God has provided three facilities for us to respond on a moment's notice to love and serve those in need. We would love to add additional monthly partners as we continue to grow. If you're interested in supporting 8 Days of Hope, please click on the Donate tab on our website at 8daysofhope.com. Please consider supporting 8 Days of Hope today.
Phil Wickham singing House of the Lord. Welcome back to Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Man, I'll tell you, and you've worked with Phil at Kingdom Bound. I know he's worked at the main, he's come to the main stage yes. um, and worked at the worship tent. I love this guy, Phil Wickham. An amazing writer, amazing uh, singer. Um, sometimes I'm a little baffled that he doesn't have more hits because he's yeah. got a great voice and, and his writing is exquisite. Anytime you pick up one of his CDs or just a single that he releases, it really brings you into the presence of the Lord. It's just there's depth in his songwriting, and like you said, his voice is awesome and yeah. musical ability is great. great. Guy, easy great, to great. work with too. Easy to work with. Yeah, go to YouTube and watch the music video of House of the Lord, Phil Wickham. He has a lot of fun with the other uh, his teammates doing that. But hey, today here on Hope Reigns, we try to share God-sized stories from the mission field, and we usually talk to people who served or have served with Eight Days of Hope. And today, Mike, I'm really excited to have Jerry Lojacono. You said that just I got perfect. it right, baby. That's All what right. I'm talking about. Yeah. Practice like 38 times. Anyways, <laughs> join us. Jerry, how are you, my man? Welcome. Oh, thank you very much uh, for the invite. Pleasure to be here. Nice to see you, my brother. You have got a radio voice. I oh was my just going to say that. Mike and I, we're already looking over our shoulders. He's like, oh, they're going to replace us with this guy. Oh, yeah. Um, Jerry. <laughs> that could um, be dangerous. No, don't no, even go there. No, you would do great. I know you well enough. Um, thank you for joining us. And in studio, too, so that's that's pretty cool. Jerry, let's, let's start here. This is where we normally start with guests. Just tell us a little bit about you, um, your family, maybe what you've done in the corporate world or ministry world, or just who you are as a person and as a family. We'll start there. Sure. Well, I'm a Buffalo native, uh, born and raised in the town just north of the city limits, Kenmore, New York. Sure. Uh, come from a family of eight children. Um, Italian Catholics. My parents were great uh, Italians, but uh, great Catholics, but poor rhythm. And eight of us fired out. I don't know <laughs> poor how, how that happens. <laughs> poor so no dancing today. All exactly. right. I get it. So, uh, but uh, just. Uh, Went to St. Joe's uh, Collegiate Institute on sure. Kenmore Avenue and then yeah. went to Canisius College. And actually, uh, just had a great uh, time growing up, and I was fortunate to get exposed to the uh, construction industry and the trades through my dad. Mm. So he was a general contractor, carpenter by trade, and uh, at a young age, you were working. In our family, you worked. Sure. Um, and you had to earn your keep because there was eight of us, right? So mm. oh, yeah. we all had responsibilities. We had chores, and if they weren't done, there were consequences. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, I, I think your dad knew my dad. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> Mike, did he know your dad too? Yes, he did. Sounds yes. familiar. Old school. Yeah, mm. very old school. But it was a great uh, a great upbringing. And just, I loved it. I loved going to work. Mm. Um, in fact, I think I got along better with my father at work than I did at home. Oh, sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, there's two boys, there's six girls. So, and you got some, you know, six Italian girls in the household. There's some strong, you know, there's a lot of drama. Let's put it that. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, I, love, I love it. But uh, that was uh, family life. And after Canisius, uh, I s- kept working for Dad, but always wanted to see what it was like in the corporate life. Mm. And uh, when I got into it, I got into corporate sales and loved it, but I didn't like working in a corporate environment mm. it, for about three years. Mm-hmm. And I, I just felt like I needed to do my own thing. But at the time, I was actually doing a DJ business that I started as a kid doing weddings, weddings, parties, corporate functions, and actually loved it. Wow. It's amazing what we're learning about you, Jerry, because I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Good for you. Yeah, just just some things that I found that when I really liked what I was doing, I just went after it, and I just didn't hold back. So I just felt like I found a passion in that, built a little business, and actually moved from Buffalo to Rochester in, I think, 85. Okay. Wow. 
and okay. started a business from scratch in the music business. But while I was doing that, I got a corporate job. And that's where I got into corporate sales and really loved it. Um, just loved the interaction, just loved earning people's trust, mm. getting out there. And I, I realized that just kind of came easy. Maybe it was a gift, I don't know. But looking back, it probably was a gift. And I just went after it. And then I got uh, offered an opportunity to help other salespeople. My boss at the time, a big influence on in my life, asked me to see if I'd be interested in training other people and to get out in the field and coaching and mentoring. And I said, absolutely. Oh, nice. And I just awesome. took off with it. Nice. So I was fortunate. So you went from sales to coaching. To coaching, yeah, and mentoring. And then I got into sales, field sales force development, joined a couple of consulting groups, and literally traveled the globe um, selling, facilitating, and bringing really interpersonal communication skills to organizations around the globe. Mm. So you got married. Got married. Children, my, married yeah, Married children. my children. At, uh, well, married my children. Married my <laughs> wife. I'm married to my children, whether I, I think so or not. But uh, I met my wife late in life. Um, back in 96, we got married. Okay. Short courtship and realized this is the woman that I want. Nice. I said, hey, what are we waiting for? Good for uh, you. You know, I'm 36 Great. or 34. So, Let's so go. 25 years now? So it'll be 25. This is our 25th Woo-hoo! year. We'll be celebrating in October, October 26. Mm. So we're excited about that. And... Uh, I got three daughters. Wow. I'm going to ask you in a minute how you got involved with Eight Days of Hope. But let me back up. Kenmore. I grew up in Kenmore, and I, yeah. I didn't know this about you. Did you go to Kenmore West? I went to St. Joe's. Oh, or you but, said St. Joe's. But at any point, did, cause I know Kenmore West and St. Joe's kind of had that the head the head bumps and, and some some of the games together. But uh, where, where in Kenmore? I, let me get to that point. Where okay. in Kenmore did you live? You know where the Sheridan Plaza is? Yeah. Delaware and Sheridan. Okay. School Street was the first street north of Sheridan Drive, and I grew up on School Street. So, okay. for those of you listening in Georgia, it, this is north. <laughs> this is north of Buffalo, Hello. New York. Yeah. You lived in a suburb of Buffalo. North of yeah. Buffalo. Yeah. Anyway, I just had to ask. No, that, that's but, right. Uh, yeah. Two Kenmore guys. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll have lunch afterwards or something. Kind of absolutely learn where we shop. <laughs> learn where we shop the cleaners. Let me ask you, this, Jerry. Skills. So, I've seen you do so many things with your hands. Share with the listeners the, the gifts that God's given you with your hands and what you like to do. Um, I took to painting at a young age. Uh, when I was on the jobs, my father said, I want you to watch what these guys are doing. And I was watching the skilled craftsmen. And I was just fascinated with painting and plastering. So actually he said, watch this guy plaster. And I watched and he taught me. And then one day he didn't show up. My father says, you're plastering. I'm like, you're kidding me. I don't know what I'm doing. He says, well, you're going to figure it out. So I need somebody to get up there and plaster. So I just started doing it and took to it, got really good at it. He says, all right, from now on, your job is to cover all the sins. Do you know how to plaster, Mike? A little. Yeah, because you, know, you you have some apartments and sure. some some places that you you know you manage and and um, you run out to some college students, I think. So yeah. I mean, you got to know how to do that because holes go in the walls and I've people learned along the way. You, you you really just you need to just try it and then make your mistakes and then correct your mistakes. They <laughs> go from there. A lot, a lot of sanding, right? A lot of, yeah, there you go. So when was your first time that you heard of Eight Days of Hope? How did you get involved in the ministry? My wife actually got involved. Okay. She uh, went to the event two summers ago. Oh, in, in Buffalo. The district. Okay. Yeah. yeah. University district. So I wasn't able to attend, but she came home every day with this glow on her face, even though she was physically, <laughs> mentally exhausted. And I said, okay, I want some of this. What's going on? And, wow. And then I came to the warehouse for a one-day event, and it was painting. And mm, I said, okay. It was your first experience. That was my first experience at the warehouse. So I see that you went to uh, help serve in Indiana. Tell us a little bit oh, about yes, that. Yes, the yeah. safe house. Um, 
That was uh, a request of uh, Harold, who I worked with in Buffalo okay. at a safe house that we did here in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And that was actually my second full experience. The safe house in Buffalo was my first. Okay. And then uh, I just said I want to be a part of this and drove out with uh, our friend Jim and the Eight Days of Hope truck and <laughs> showed up, worked intensely. My intent was only to stay for a week. Okay. And <laughs> after that, I just said, there's no way I can leave yeah. and not finish this. Okay. So I got just converted, hooked, whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, yeah. you know. there was some pressure because I was there too. And I remember watching this. So here's the deal, Mike. I mean, I, I knew a little bit about Jerry because he'd done some work, you know, in our building in Buffalo. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we've got to paint a 17,000 square foot facility. <laughs> yeah, that's he right. It drywall and needs to be, you know, uh, sanded. You know, you got to have multiple coats. And there wasn't just like one color. Mm. There was like eight colors Right? Yeah. Jerry? Yeah, there was. And if you paint, and again, thank you for joining us here on Hope Reigns, a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. If you've traveled Eight Days of Hope, or maybe you're a handyman or handywoman, or you've attempted to paint a nursery, it's easier when you use one color, but when you're doing like two and three colors in a room, that gets a little bit more complicated. Especially when two colors are very similar. They are. And and I think we only had one mistake where there was one wall that I, I mean, someone did, and we had to go back and and fix it. Yeah, we Um, won't point fingers. No, no. That really really wasn't me, though. That wasn't me. I I know I kind of acted like it was, but, well, maybe, I don't know. Jerry, something, though, was going on in you when I was watching you serve. Um, Here's a guy, Mike, who's could be and has been a professional painter. Okay. And now he's painting with people who think they're semi-skilled at painting, and, and they probably are, but he was taking the time. Mm. Uh, Jerry, I'm telling you, when I look back at 16 years of Eight Days of Hope, there's probably five or 10 volunteers where I've seen them have super amount of extra patience and take the time and put someone under their wing and pour into them. And Jerry, that was you at Not Today in Indianapolis, Indiana. I just felt I should be doing that. I mean, I approached it as I'm not going to be here on every job. I'm not going to be here forever. I had some skills, and I just felt compelled to want to teach what I knew to others so that they can do and step in and do what I do. And I just felt that's what God would want me to do, right, instead of mm-hmm. you know, holding in. I want to share these gifts and help others so that they can take it and run with it. And here's the deal, Mike. Sometimes, you know, we've taken, what, 43,000 volunteers now around the country. When you have a contractor background and you're a doer, right, you get paid to do the job. One of the challenges that we have had, and we've got to do some coaching to our volunteers, even to some of our leaders, even to this day, there's a couple leaders that that I have to say, hey, brother, pop, (laughs) P-O-P, people over projects. Okay. Pick people first. That's the most important thing, regardless if it's a, a widow for a home that we're rebuilding in Houston after Harvey, mm-hmm. or if it's a safe house for girls rescued from trafficking, like we're going to do in Sioux Falls, South Dakota uh, next month. But it's people over projects, and that's what Jerry did excellently. But I will tell you that some people that are doers struggle with, mm. because you want to get you want to get as much done today as possible. And if you've got to call timeout and not move for 20 minutes so you can teach somebody how to clean out a brush or how to follow up the roll marks or how to, you know, um, 
you know, cut in a corner, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of patience. A lot of people don't have that patience. Well, that's another sign of a leader. And, and Jerry, you're, you're an awesome leader. I can see from your background that you've been put in positions to teach others. And that's a part of leadership that, that we, a leader must have is to say, whatever I have, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to teach mm. you. Because, you know, uh, basically, you know, the biggest joy is to see somebody else do it better than you do, mm-hmm. done it. Absolutely. That's because you poured into their lives. Absolutely. And that's a quality of a leader, is it not? Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, John Maxwell has a lot of great books out about servant leadership. And, and again, Jerry, what I saw you do there. Um, Man, you just served in excellence. Um, Jared, let's talk a little bit about that project. And again, mm-hmm. um, if you're joining us today, I'm Steve Tiber, hanging out with Mike Fiala. You're listening to Hope Reigns as a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Jerry Lojacono, I got it again. Larry, well Jerry, Jerry Lojacono. I'm leaving it on yeah, your side I, of the I know. studio. I, I see that you're not like wanting to say that. But anyways, so Jerry, um, you were part of an amazing project, 17,000 square feet remodeled in 17 days. I mean, gutted to the wall, to the end walls. When you went there, what kind of chance did you think that we would have to finish that? What's going through your mind during that whole project? I, I, it was totally amazing just to see the, the volume of work, the pace, the quality, the, the teamwork, the fellowship, just the whole attitude of the people there. He, it, was, it was totally an environment of, of love and serving. Mm-hmm. I felt it. And as physically and mentally exhausted as I was every day, I just like, I couldn't wait to get there to see what the next day would bring. And I just wanted to keep doing it i was on a spiritual emotional high like i've never Mm. felt but yet you were still picking up that paintbrush and and putting it to the and and getting that work done so yeah so that that that's amazing i want to just put a shout out to those that are thinking of volunteering yeah jump in because you just he's exhausted tired but there was great fellowship. There was teamwork. There was something inside of you that began to rise up and said, I want to do this, even though I'm tired. That comes from volunteering and getting your, getting yourself out, putting yourself out there. Sign up for our email alerts at 8daysofhope.com. Just submit your email address, and anytime we go anywhere, we'll invite you. It's simple. It's free. We provide food and lodging. And um, what are you talking about now, Mike? <laughs> I like to, the way you say it, we will invite you. <laughs> We, no, we, we, everyone's invited. Well, <laughs> no. Almost everyone's invited. No, but no, we, we, no. So we have a project coming up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, October 2nd to October 16th. It is our seventh safe house that we'll be working on. that will be used to provide a safe place for those rescued from sex trafficking. Okay. And we do, we do have a need. Mm-hmm. I was reminded by Adam Hames and Hannah Fletcher that we need some roofers. Uh, we have some roofers going out there. We have about 70 squares of shingles that we need to um, to, to lay down, install. It is a 412 pitch roof. So if you know anything about roofing, uh, 412 is very easy to walk on. I'm looking at Mike because you don't know what a 412 pitch is, do you? I don't. So, Mike, this is a 412. This okay. is a 912. Would you rather walk on a 412? And I'm showing this with my hands, by the okay. way. Would you rather walk on that or walk on that? I'd have trouble either way, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so no, any- I get it. So I anyways, it. email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com if you're willing to come out for a week and do some roofing. And you'll meet other volunteers like Jerry who have served with 8 Days of Hope, and you get to hear their stories as well. Jerry, so when you came back from Minneapolis and you see your wife, I know you talk, you know, you were talking to her, but 
and she's like, you're sharing what God was doing in you, through you. What did you share with her? Just the the feeling, the emotion, the connection with the people. But I felt like I was in the presence of the Lord every day mm. and just serving him. And even though I was in pain, it was like, this is nothing, okay? Mm. A little suffering for me is nothing in comparison to what our Lord suffered for us. Amen. And I just had to just take it and embrace it instead of running from it mm -hmm. and allowing it to control me. But I did it all for his glory, and she was excited for me. Sure, um, sure. Well, well, she saw God doing something in you. I mean, our, our spouses, you know, if they're Christ followers, they, they, they get excited when they see their spouse, male right. or female, right, um, um, taking steps and, and seeing how they can be used for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you've made money over the years using your hands, mm -hmm. and now you didn't make a penny. You know, you slept on the air mattress probably, right? And in, 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 maybe you did something nice. I'm trying to think. Oh, I no, I refuse to sleep on an air mattress because they never worked for me. So I went out okay. and bought myself a really nice sleeping cot and oh, brought, nice. brought it with me. And that was a saving grace. <laughs> no, good, good. I get it. I get it. Mike, we hear that all the time mm -hmm. from volunteers. They go on That's a mission right. trip, and, and they know that they're going to leave exhausted. But they didn't see what was coming, kind of like Jerry. I mean, he expected good things. But, I mean, your exact words, Jerry— um, you visited with the Lord every day. I mean, the Lord was present every day. God's in the center of this. When you come out, and it's a stretching to say, I'm going to go volunteer. It's mm -hmm. a real stretch, whether it be your time commitment or your finance that you're concerned about, family you're leaving for a while. It's a stretch, but that's where God does meet you. I mean, here's a man, and as an example of many volunteers, I'm tired. You know, and I'm exhausted, but there's something inside that just comes and rises up. And, and that's what it is. It's because you're giving, because you're serving, because you're being the hands and feet of Jesus, mm -hmm. that you are being refreshed as you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that, that you know, I, I hope the listeners are really grabbing onto that. And I, I, I don't want to say like a broken record. Go to the website. At least get know. your name sure. in there. Yeah. And uh, because what's going to happen is you're going to be, you're going to get some alerts of what, what we're doing next. And just by listening to this, it's going to stir within your heart. You're going to sure. hear what Jerry experienced. You're going to hear what Steve and, and Mike are talking about and others, and you're going to want to come out and serve. And then that's where you're going to be really fulfilled. You know, we have some listeners listening today in Iowa on our last day of our eight-day trip here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So thankful for Ricky Russell and the other leaders and the volunteers that have traveled around the country. You know, Mike, we brought multiple bobcats in. We brought multiple bucket trucks in. We've been okay. doing tree work all day. And I know they're tired, but I know this is their last day, and they're going to finish strong. And, and, and um, I know, Jerry, some of your friends are out there. You know, it's a, we're, you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, I do want to talk about that because that's probably one of the things I hear as I travel the country and talk to our volunteers. They feel like they have friends that um, are unmatched, that, mm. that their friends that they serve with at Eight Days of Hope. There's a common bond. There's something unique going on there. When we come back, we'll talk about that. Thank you for joining us today. We're so thankful that you've decided to spend a little time with us. My name is Steve Tiber. Hang out with Mike Fiello and Jerry Lojocno. We'll be back in just a moment here on Hope Reigns, which is a broadcast 
of Eight Days of Hope. Eight Days of Hope is thankful for ministry partners like Provia, a manufacturer of residential exterior building products. Provia's mission is to serve by caring for details, and each employee strives to do that every day. Provia combines automation and human craftsmanship in creating their doors, windows, siding, stone, and metal roofing. More about Provia's mission and products at Provia.com, P-R-O-V-I-A.com. Here's Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope. The fastest growing crime in America and across the world is sex trafficking. We're talking about millions of lives, even children. Did you know the average age of a child who's trafficked in America is 12 years old? Eight Days of Hope has decided to be a part of the solution with the body of Christ around the country. It's amazing to think that there's 13,000 animal shelters in our country, and that's a good thing, but there's less than 1,000 safe places for people who've been rescued from sex trafficking to go to. I know it's not a fun subject to talk about, but God has called the church to take its blinders off and end this human tragedy. At 8 Days of Hope, we're going to partner with an existing ministry, and for 14 days, we'll bring skilled volunteer professionals to renovate, rebuild, or remodel facility so that more can be rescued and receive the emotional, physical, and spiritual help they need. For more information on how you can get involved with our Safe House construction ministry, please email us at safehouse at 8daysofhope.com or go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. broadcast of eight days of hope million little miracles elevation uh, worship and and I, I bet Mike when 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 you and I hear about some of the stories mm-hmm. that happened this past week in Iowa there's gonna be some miracles they'll be shared with us because that how that's how God works every time every time there's something that just resonates in the miracle realm when we do one of these trips so I'm looking forward to hearing some of those stories come out yeah me too me too the volunteers wrapping up today in cedar rapids iowa as they've been serving families in need after last year's derote show and again to be included in our email alerts moving forward to go to the website if you want to donate to help offset some of the expenses in iowa we haven't collected all the dollars we need yet for the last eight days you can do that online at eight days of hope.com eight days of hope.com click donate become a monthly partner monthly partners are so important mike Absolutely. when you do what we do because it really allows us to uh, to know that no matter where we go i mean we always say yes without even raising a penny and yeah. we go because we know god he provides he does and folks every 
donation that you make goes right to the front lines. 100% pass through. We have 100%. partners, like I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, that cover our fixed costs. So again, thank you so much to uh, Destiny Worship Center down in Florida, multiple campuses. Um, love that family of churches down there. They've been with us for three years since Hurricane Michael. Remember Hurricane Michael? Michael? I was there. Yes. Not during the hurricane, afterwards. And it was such a... <laughs> that was crazy. Well. That's crazy. Hey, we're going to be back now here with our guest, Jerry. So you've traveled a little bit with AD's Hope. You went to Indianapolis. You also worked in the inner city of Buffalo, mm-hmm. where uh, 1,200 people came together. And I don't know who made this decision. Okay, this was not my decision. I didn't okay. know this, Mike. I really All didn't. Right. I will ask that question next year. But somebody said we could paint 28 houses in eight days. <laughs> And, I would have thought. It, right? <laughs> Thinking it's not going to rain, like, even for one minute. Oh, uh, my. So, <laughs> Jerry, how many homes did you actually go to? Was it just one or two, or did you stop at multiple homes? Yeah. Well, we painted three homes in six days. <laughs> of course you did, because that's who you are, and that's who Eight Days of Hope is. Um, what goes through your mind? Because, th- I mean, it's kind of like organized chaos, right? Mm-hmm. you got volunteers who are meeting each other for the first time, different yep. painting skills. Some people that want to go on a ladder. Some people want to stay on the ground. Some people like Mike, they just want to stay in their car. But anyways, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Mike. No, no, you're willing to go on a ladder. I'm, Did I, you ever go on a ladder? No, I, I hold the bottom of the ladder <laughs> so nobody falls off. Right. That's a very important. Yeah, it is. <laughs> What's going through your mind, though, Jerry, is you're going house to house, and you know that 28 homes are going to get painted, and they did. 28 homes got painted 28 homes in eight days it's remarkable you you were a contractor what goes through your mind um well first of all i said i'm praying lord keep us safe please let nobody get hurt on the job sure that was that was number one for me and i preached that to the crews and i you know i said god bless you for showing up i said don't forget we're here for a purpose greater than painting a house this is about Amen. really spreading the good news of our Lord and Savior and, and do that by showing how he would want us to behave right. with each other, with the homeowners. And mm. the volunteers were just simply all heart. It was fantastic. They were there willing to serve, love, and, and I tried to make sure that they took time to connect with one another mm. and good. connect with the homeowner. But at the same time, Jerry, your professional side and seeing the task that was ahead of you, was there a wrestle inside of your your, oh, your, your head? And, I mean, Absolutely. How, did, how did you work through that? Absolutely. Well, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, you know, because <laughs> I really wanted to be up on the ladder with, with the more skilled sure. workers. And the challenge is when you have volunteers, they're there because of their heart and their desire to serve but may not be as skilled, it's a little frustrating for someone like me who is a doer to want to just take over and step back and tell everybody to step back and let me go. But I had to take time to teach them. And that so was how did you do that? I mean, what, what? I prayed for patience, trust me. <laughs> it, it was very frustrating, but, but I said, Jerry, it's not about you. Okay. It, this is about mm-hmm. taking the time to teach, okay? That's right. To help these people, okay? in terms of learning, growing, and serving a greater cause than just mm. what you feel you need to get done on the job. And and that's challenge. It's a very difficult challenge for somebody, at least sure, like me, sure. who's so used to getting hands-on and doing it. But that's what your dad did to you, Jerry. In a lot of ways, yes. Um, he really had to show some restraint because I know there were times he wanted to jump in and just kick me off the job sure, and saying, sure. you're costing right. us time and money. Yeah. And in a corporate setting, I get that. But in this, this isn't a corporate setting. We're serving the Lord. Mm. So and, and if he wanted us to do anything, it's to practice what he taught us, patience, tolerance, 
kind-heartedness. And that's not easy to do. And, and think about, Mike, you know, the sermons every night, we heard the words patience and tolerance multiple times. We did. And that's so important for all of us. I don't care who you are driving down the road right now, a college student, um, a single mom trying to figure out how to make, make it through the day. Mm-hmm. You know, j- just having patience. God's got this. You're in mm-hmm. his hands. You know, reach out to him. Talk to him. Ask him for more patience. There's so many times, Mike, I walk into a meeting and I'm like, Lord, let me be a better listener at this meeting than maybe I was at the other meeting. Those little prayers, those little asks. Um, but what you described, Jerry, again, was people over projects. Mm-hmm. Because could we have probably painted another house or two? Mm-hmm. Probably. But you, in essence, were spending time raising up future leaders because you hit it earlier in this broadcast. We're not going to always be here. And it's so important to get ready to hand that baton off. Amen. Mm. What's going through your mind, Mike? Well, to say that again, people over projects. I mean, that is so, that's the whole mindset when you come out to serve as a leader. Um, what can mm. I do to help that person be a better person? Um, and to that takes a lot. That's a skill in itself to be able to back off and right. teach and then say, okay, because, you know, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm ready to jump in and say, no, no, no. I had my grandkids out the other day, just simple cutting grass, and he's, he's, he's kind of wavering the, the lawnmower like this. I'm going, <laughs> he's oh, messing my. up the lines. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, no. I'm going like, what are you carving your name into the grass here? <laughs> but, you know, I said, okay, no, just here, let me help you a little bit. And then it was, it's the way we handled it. He's going to be a better grass cutter at the end. You're going to develop better painters at the end. And it's all in the name of Jesus. And mm-hmm. you're going to be rewarded. They're going to be rewarded. Yeah. But think about it, Mike. If you had a critical spirit to your grandson who's trying mm. trying to do something good in his mind, right. I get it. The lines are off. I understand that. I do. Because mm-hmm. I want my lines to be pretty straight. <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't an equal cut, just the way you handled that, sure. He's gonna remember a lot more than if the because you can you can recut it later on, right? Sure. You can fix you it can next fix week. Fix it later, right? But sometimes we get so excited to we want to do it in excellence, right. and it's got to be done right, and you're taking too long. You know, grandparents, I'm gonna pray that you can find a way to take an extra minute or two with your grandson. Dads and moms, I've been there. I have five kids. I'm probably doing a little bit better job today than I did in my first two of, of just taking it down a notch. Sure. Um, how can we do that, Mike? I mean, help both of you. Mike, Jerry, how can we do a better job of doing that? Let me just add at this point. We said our spouse always helps us and encourages us. Mm. My wife said to me, because she knew I was going out to cut multiple lawns with my grandson, she said, now, Mike, when you go out there, I, I know how you want to get the job done. Be patient. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lo- yeah. love on Noah. Make sure that oh, I-, I get it, honey. Because <laughs> she. So I guess that's that's an added. There's mm. people around us. Are, we we yeah. need to listen to our spouse. I love. We that. need to listen to folks that have done this before and and, and mm-hmm. be patient. You see, Jerry's writing out his address. He said, "If you and Noah want to come cut his lawn, even if you mess up, <laughs> come on over." Jerry, if someone's listening today, they've never been on a missions trip, and your first missions trip with Eight Days of Hope was uh, to Indy, wasn't it? That was the first out-of-town trip okay. that I did. Yeah. Um, speak to them. Why should they take that step of faith that you took? I guess uh, I would say, why wouldn't you? Um, if you're searching for something, mm-hmm. the search 
could be found if you give up of yourself. Um, you mentioned something earlier, Mike, about leadership, and I heard a, a great definition of leadership, and there's thousands of them floating sure. around, but I think the ultimate form of leadership is the art of giving up of oneself mm. for a cause greater than their self. And if you want to find out what that's like, mm. that's why you want to show up mm-hmm. in one of these, because you'll find yourself by losing yourself in a cause greater than yourself. Mm. And that wow. happened for me, and I know it's happened for others that I've talked about with this mm. that have shared that same experience. And that was modeled for us by our Father in Heaven who sent His Son as a man who was nailed to a cross and died for you and I. Mm-hmm. And all he's asking us to do is just to be a light, be a simple ray of hope, a ray of life, love, a ray of sunshine in a very dark world. And Jerry, I've seen you, brother. Mm. You do that so well. You encourage more people than you'll ever know. Mm-hmm. There are times I've seen you serving others and I walk away and I think, Steve, you need to be, you need to be more like that. And so you've modeled wow. that for so many of us. And I just want to encourage you, brother, because uh, yeah, yeah, you, you do it right. Thank you, you really for that, do. brother. I, I, I just you do it right. try and serve the way, how would Jesus want me to do this? Mm. And, and it does take tremendous patience. So rumor is, Jerry, that you are selling or have sold your house and you have an RV or something? Is this true? Oh, my. Is this? Did I read that on the Internet correctly? Because something's on the Internet. Isn't everything on the well, Internet correct? Anyway. Who's travels yeah. fast. Okay. So, so why are you – Why? tell us more. What What's with the RV, brother? I guess it must be true because it's on, on the Internet. Right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So what, what's with the RV? Well, we're looking, uh, but we did sell the house. Okay. Uh, my wife, my dear wife, Rosemary, um, I've been blessed to be married to for 25 years. Mm. Um, a, a strong, convicted woman about doing the right thing and what's, mm. what's right to do and very committed to her faith has been the primary driver. And I hope I'm half as good as she is. Mm. Mm. Um, she started this. She was the one that started it, and then I got involved, and I finally got it. Nice. So we've been talking about this, and after having the experience together, um, she was with us two weeks ago in Buffalo. Yeah. We thought, okay, what do we really want to do with our lives at this point? Sure. And I think COVID for me was a blessing because I finally woke up and said, I don't need to do this corporate training as much as I loved it. I just feel that that was my calling for the rest of my mm-hmm. days. And we want to do more work that serves the Lord and serves others. So the first thing we said is, do we really need to be a slave to a house? It's beautiful. It's got everything you'd want, Right. But I don't want to be tied to a house. Can't can't take yeah. your house to Indianapolis no. or Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and you, right? And you can't take it with you when you leave this <laughs> Amen. world. So Amen. So we've decided you. to let go of the house, purge, get rid of stuff, wow. right, and, wow. and let go and pursue a different path. And I think it's the calling that, if I've been hearing it right, it's the right calling for us. Um, so we are planning to scale down and consider getting uh, some type of vehicle to take us from event to event and wow. start doing more events for eight days of hope love it mike and i are like smiling from ear to ear I, <laughs> just hey mike and we only have a couple minutes in in but but mike hearing that what's going through your mind well two things i want to be more like jerry really when i see what's going on i'm getting choked up like like steve because you are an example of what 
Eight Days of Hope is all about, but more important, what what Jesus is all Amen. about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how do you get your wife to agree with all this stuff? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> kidding. It, it, lighthearted. Um, well, it's easy when she's the one driving it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, and, and, and I agree. And the only other thing that's really crossed my mind, Steve, it's not how do we get. Our prayer needs to be, God, bring more Jerry's to us. Because these are the guys that are really in the front lines, getting it done, fully committed, and uh, great examples to us and to others. Amen. So uh, more Jerry's, please, Jesus. Amen. Hey, Thank Mike, you for that. Yeah. Mike, normally you close in prayer, but let me let me close in prayer if you don't okay. mind this yes, morning. No, Father, we please. just thank you yes. so much for Jerry and his wife and his commitment to do kingdom work. And, Father, I know that I know him well enough, Father, that um, he's not doing it for fame or glory or to even be on a radio, Lord. He just does it because he loves you and he loves others. Uh, thank you that he's modeled that for me and so many mm-hmm. hundreds of others, volunteers who have seen him and served with him and alongside him. Lord, bless him. Bless his wife as they continue through this transition. Uh, Father, I just thank you for him and his heart. Keep him healthy, Lord. Provide the finances as he does the transition. And Lord, I just pray that he continues to lean on you as he takes one step at a time. Mm. Thank you for our friend, because he is our friend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, gentlemen. Man, we appreciate you coming it's in been today. An honor. Yeah. Mm. You did a great job. I knew he would do a great job. Mike, we only have two minutes. Um, what's going through your mind as we wrap up today? What is there something that you kinda are gonna lean on as we go off to this weekend or Well, as you've listened to the show, the the, the challenge is, um, and I've set up this is probably the fourth time on the show. Get your name into the system. I believe there's just so many folks out there that are listening that they're really being tugged in their heart, that they're missing something in life. And, hmm. you know, whether you're uh, in your business and anything that you've uh, in, endeavored to do and you're still searching, come out for and volunteer. Get your name in the system. Know where we're going next, and give it a shot. You won't. You'll be blessed. You know, I know we're leaving Iowa today, uh, but we're going to Sioux Falls, South Dakota in October. It looks like we're going to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Haven't announced that publicly, but sometime later this year as well. Um, but yeah, it's, please submit your email address. We'd love to have you come on a future trip with Eight Days of Hope. And you don't have to just be a painter or a roofer That's or right. a carpenter. We need cooks. We there need people go. that know things about technology, IT. Uh, we need administrators. Uh, we need people that can do transportation, to can uh, to use a credit card and do POs. Um, Mike, you perked up on the credit card talk. Hey, I like credit cards. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. But yeah, there's something for everyone at Eight Days of Hope. Can you make a sandwich? I mean, gosh, yeah, in Buffalo, we were making it. 700, 800, 900 sandwiches every day. And they were having fun doing it. They were having fun. <laughs> they were. So, yeah, go to the email, or excuse me, go to the website, 8daysofhope.com. Submit your email address. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, would you consider making a donation to support 8 Days of Hope? 100% of the dollars you give would be used on the front lines as our partners cover our fixed costs. You can do that online at 8daysofhope.com. Make a one-time gift or become a monthly partner or... You can mail a check, and it's to P.O. Box 3208-3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. That address is on our website and our Facebook page as well. We're on Instagram and Twitter. But, Mike, when we come back next week, we're going to share some more god side stories from the mission field. I am looking forward to it. And we won't wear matching shirts next week. Okay. 
So let me know what you're wearing. I will. I'll I'll, I'll text you. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Hope Reigns. It's a broadcast of Eight Days of Hope. Thanks for listening to Hope Reigns from Eight Days of Hope. Come back next week for more God-sized stories from across the country. To listen to this or a previous episode of Hope Reigns, please visit our show archive at 8daysofhope.com.